With the end of the school year, the last two weeks, we've been doing a lot of review meetings here at St. Paul's amongst our team. And I have to be honest with you, I love those meetings. I love them so much that I actually have to be careful about what I say or do in them. I love stripping things apart, tearing them down, and trying to figure out what's going well, what's not working, and how can we fix it. In fact, such is my joy and excitement for that, that we had a meeting on Tuesday, and I, I, I didn't want to spoil anything. I didn't want to ruin anything. So I just sat there quietly for the entire meeting, and it was agony. Because I wanted to get in there. I wanted to fix these things. I wanted to, to try and make this place an even better place. It's important for us to review from time to time where we are personally with the Lord, but where we are as a church. And to give thanks to Almighty God, just looking out tonight, I see a few people who have been brought into the church this year, who have come to the fullness of faith in Christ here at St. Paul's, and thanks be to God for that. And there are so many other amazing stories. I just want to say this to you, especially to our residents. We are making a huge impact on the church. We're doing it one person at a time, but we're making a huge impact on the church. And the more people's lives we touch, the more it's just going to spread, not only through this community and on campus, but throughout Indiana and the rest of the Midwest and throughout the country. It's a great joy. Sometimes I just have to pinch myself because of how amazing it is. That, well, I don't get paid for this because we don't get paid individually as friars. Our community gets paid. But like, I get to do this every day. What a great gift that is to share the gospel, to build up his kingdom here, to set this place on fire with God's love. What a great and incredible gift. But when we also step into this, we also recognize that we're not always moving in the right direction. Even if we've had that encounter with God, sometimes it doesn't quite take And so a big part of our review is trying to recognize, okay, we're leading people to an encounter with Jesus, but then we're failing in helping to mobilize and form them to live a new life in the Spirit. People will often ask, how do we rebuild the church? We do exactly exactly what the apostles did in building the church. We lead people to Jesus, particularly in the sacraments, in baptism, in the Eucharist, and in reconciliation. We let Jesus do the heavy lifting. Why? He's God and I'm not. And he has a message for you. And he has salvation for each and every one of you. So we lead people to that encounter. And then the second thing we strive to do is to then take them from that encounter to a new way of living. And we see in the early church here in the Acts of the Apostles, that even when Philip the deacon was in Samaria doing these incredible works, it wasn't enough. We need to go in a way from, we see this all the time, and maybe you've experienced in your own life, the retreat high, that encounter with God, where you come to recognize Him, where you come to recognize His power and His love for you. There needs to be something that links that to the rest of your life. And as we see in that first reading, it's the life in the Spirit. It's the life in the Holy Spirit. Another way of talking about this story from the Acts of the Apostles is the Samaritan Pentecost. That the Pentecost that happened in the upper room that we'll celebrate in a couple weeks, God desires for that to happen ever and always. To be alive in the Spirit. 
to be constantly renewed and uplifted, to see even your brokenness as the place where God is working out your salvation and bringing you to newness of life and a greater and deeper appreciation of his love for you and a greater desire and a willingness on your part to go out into the deep, to set out on a new path in life, to be converted, to be transformed, to be changed. This is what God desires not only for our ministry, but for each and every one of us to encounter him, to know him, but then to have that new life in the Spirit. And what does that new life in the Spirit look like? We see it very clearly. It's laid out for us in the Scriptures. The first thing that Jesus tells us, what does new life in the Spirit look like? Following the commandments of God. We oftentimes will put our own interests, our own feelings, our own desires, our own experiences ahead of God's clear commandments to us. We are Americans after all. We don't want to be bogged down by some other person's edicts. We want to be free. But we fail to realize that God gives us these commandments to make us free. When my will and God's will are one, then and only then will I experience true freedom. But we choose slavery to sin, to recklessness, to hatred, to division, over and over again, to pleasure, to sensuality. And God is telling us and calling us, follow my commandments so that you might be free and have this life in the Spirit. And it's important for us to recognize, especially if you're struggling with a particular sin right now, there's a difference between striving to follow God's commandments and failings, and failing, that's one area, or versus rejecting them altogether. And what God is saying to us is, He's not saying you have to be perfect in following my commandments. Strive. Get up. Keep going. Keep trying to change your life. Keep trying to make those friends that are going to lead you down the righteous path. Keep turning from the brokenness. Keep getting up when you fall. That's what it means to have new life in the Spirit. To have hope, even in the, even in the direct confrontation with your brokenness. I go to confession almost every week, and every time I go to confession, I'm confronted with this thought. Lord, I go to confession, I love you, and I confess the same doggone sins over and over again. And that stinks. I don't like that about myself. Why, Lord? And then Jesus, in his way, at some point that week, reminds me that the cross is real for all of us. And that by striving to follow him, by striving to conform our lives to his commandments, we come to understand our cross and then find joy in it. And so when we fall, we say, okay, all right, I've still got work to do. I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not as bad as those people think that I am that don't like me, but I'm certainly not as good as the people think I'm great or think I am. But I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to strive to follow God's commandments. The second thing that we see, and we see this from the deacon Philip, when we're following, when we're having that new life in the Spirit, is we work wonders. And God works wonders in our life. A priest challenged me a couple years ago. I was sitting, and he and another priest who had been very involved in charismatic ministry and healing ministry were talking, and I'm sitting there listening, not saying a word, which, as you can probably tell if you don't know me that well, is very rare for me to sit there quietly. And the guy, Father Walter was his name, he turns to me and he says, Pat, do you believe that God desires to bring healing when you go to pray with the sick? 
or to bring uh, Holy Communion and uh, give last rites to someone dying. And I said, well, you know, I guess, yeah, you know, spiritual healing and all of that, prepare them. And he said, no. Do you believe that God desires to truly bring healing there? And it really changed my life and my approach to those things, to those ministries that I oftentimes take for granted. But so easy is it for us to think that the healing that God worked in the ancient times, he doesn't desire to bring right now, but he desires to bring you healing. Ask him for it. Don't be ashamed of asking for that. Be prepared for whatever answer he gives, but pray in confidence and trust that God will heal you and unite him to himself. When we pray like that, when we live like that, it oftentimes starts to pour out and manifest God's love in so many powerful and unique ways. And the last thing that we need to do to to have this new life in the Spirit, to really test to see if we have this new life in the Spirit, we have to testify. We have to share our story. If I were to ask you right now, tell me about how Jesus Christ has totally transformed one aspect of your life. Do you have a response to that? And if the answer is anything but an instantaneous yes, this is your homework for the week. To really sit with that and to see how has my faith in Jesus changed my life? How is it changing my life right now? We must sanctify ourselves to Christ, as we heard St. Peter say, and share the goodness that he has worked in our lives and in our friendships, and in our relationships, in our own personal travails and trials. And in other words, God is challenging all of us to take this week and to do a review of the last year of your life in the Spirit, to prepare for that new Pentecost in two weeks, to really look and to say, am I following God's commandments? And if not, Flee, fly to the sacrament of confession. We have them here every day. Come on by. We're here for you. If you're following God's commandments, are you truly being healed and confident in God's healing? Do you trust that he is working wonders in your life? Do you see those wonders? Are you striving to work those with other people? And also share your story. That's our homework. That's our review. Where are you on those three things? Because the joy, the power, and the love that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit brought to the early church, God desires to bring that to you right here and right now. Come, Holy Spirit.